Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of our Business in Focus podcast. I'm Rowena Morris, a director at PwC and I'm your host for this episode. So today we're going to be taking a closer look at the role that ESG and inclusion and diversity commitments are playing for both investors and companies. We'll be discussing the impact that they have on outcomes during restructuring activity and how to best factor it into your plans as we emerge from the immediate impact of the pandemic. It's a topic that's being explored by our Act Now campaign in our latest report, and we'll be taking a look at some of the latest findings from the survey of both organisations as well as the investor community. And to bring the research to life today and help turn the findings into actionable steps for you all, I'm joined by two partners from our restructuring practice, Steve Russell, who heads up our business restructuring services team, and David Kelly, who's our markets and services lead for our London restructuring team. Um, welcome to both of you. Fantastic to have you here with us today. Um, so to get us going, it'd be lovely to have a quick intro from you both and why this topic is of interest to you. So, Steve, would you like to kick off? Yeah, thanks, Rowena. Uh, uh, I've been in the restructuring industry for almost 30 years now. Um, why am I passionate about the topics? I think from all of those years, I have seen uh, the impact that a truly diverse skill set, backgrounds um, uh, brought to bear into client situations can make a massive difference. Um, when we turn to ESG, I can only um, summarize that in the last nine to 12 months, uh, both the volume and the rate of incoming calls on this topic from our clients has increased uh, exponentially. Uh, so it's clearly an issue on uh, all of our clients' agendas. That's a brilliant intro, Steve. And David, how about you? Yeah, thanks, Rowena. Um, I'm David Kelly, and I am an insolvency practitioner here within the restructuring team at, at PwC. And as Steve has mentioned, we have actually seen the benefits that the focus on diversity and inclusion has brought to our 600 strong restructuring team. But I was actually really keen to understand the benefits of incorporating diversity and inclusion within change management and corporate turnaround. But Rowena, as I sort of investigated, uh, I was really surprised that there was really limited empirical evidence out there in the market. And so I was really pleased that we were able to commission this first survey of diversity inclusion, but also ESG across the financial community here in the UK. And it's a pleasure to have the opportunity to share the output on this podcast with you. Excellent. So let's get started. We've got a lot to cover. So, Steve, I'm going to kick off with you first. So the nature of the pandemic and the government's support in response to its impact created very unusual and challenging conditions for organisations. How are we seeing that reaction to, as well as recovery from, play out for business? Well, Rowena, I think the, the first point to make is that in the first few months post-pandemic, uh, it was very much about damage limitation as people scrambled for liquidity. Uh, as the full effect of the the, the sort of drop-off of business became clear. Um, so in particular, looking at the working capital liquidity and um, assessing the impact uh, on, on their business. Um, however, uh, there was liquidity in the market and clearly as government support, uh, not just in terms of uh, the loan schemes, but also the um, the, the other forms of support, the softer forms of support that were put out there, um, it, it very much calmed down and we entered a period where there were lots and lots of then deals being done in the market. So, so transactions, M&A transactions, um, that may or may not have involved an element of restructuring, but certainly uh, a, a huge number of deals. Um, as we get to the end here at the sort of back end of September uh, and the support 
from government starts to unwind and we start to get back to something uh, approaching normality, uh, then, then we're seeing that uh, businesses need to reassess again, think about uh, what the next sort of period uh, um, entails for their business. Um, and in, in that, it's basically uh, considering uh, all of the different aspects of their business model, their supply chain, uh, as well as liquidity and potential restructuring options. So lots to juggle. And I'm going to go to David now because I'd like to add another layer. So the ESG and inclusion piece to this. So we've all seen how anecdotally the focus and conversations around net zero increased during the height of the pandemic. And there's also no getting away from the people agenda and the role, as you were saying, that diversity and inclusion has to play there. So how is this factoring into the recovery and growth activity that we're seeing? Rowena, as you mentioned, we are seeing business focus moving from recovery to growth. Uh, and as part of this growth agenda, there is a real competition for talent. We've seen the headlines uh, about the employment gap, uh, and we know that ESG and diversity and inclusion are subjects that a significant percentage of the population are interested in and focusing on, with some of the younger members of our business and social communities you know, being particularly vocal and engaged. Companies that want to uh, recruit and retain uh, talent need to have a clearly articulated ESG and DNI strategy. And it's interesting in the survey, when we asked the question of corporates, what are the objectives of your ESG and DNI strategies? The overwhelming uh, you know, uh, best response you know, was make the business attractive to future talent with over 49% of respondents you know, saying that that was the key objective you know, of their ESG and DNI strategies. And I think as we uh, move forward, you know, whilst 85% of corporates said they had a clear strategy encompassing ESG and DNI, which would have appealed to the talent that they are looking to attract. Only 28% had measures in place for both ESG and DNI. And I think going forward, employees or prospective employees are going to be increasingly demanding that organizations turn their strategies into reality. I think that's a really helpful overview of, of what we're seeing. I want to turn the focus now to the organisations themselves and the role that ESG and the um, diversity and inclusion has in helping to create better restructuring outcomes. So this is something um, you've explored in the latest report and the sentiment seems to be equally shared by both investors as well as businesses themselves. So Steve, from your experience, could you bring to life a little bit more about why that's the case? Sure, Rowena, thanks. Um, David's touched on a couple of the sort of bigger issues around uh, attracting talent um, as, and securing future talent. So I won't reiterate those, but if, if I think specifically, um, it's often the case that uh, in, in restructuring situations, be they in extreme stress uh, or less uh, distressed, um, no one has a crystal ball. You don't know. Uh, what's down 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 the track? Sometimes what's even right in front of you, uh, and there is a need to act and react quickly to changing circumstances. And and in those uh, situations, being able to draw on a, a, a properly diverse team with different skills, with different backgrounds, with different experiences, uh, is often absolutely critical. Uh, but but key is being able to do that quickly. 
uh, and not sort of saying, well, actually, we can we can we can source these skills next week because next week may never come. So I think that's something that all of us uh, have seen through our through our careers. Um, specifically focusing on ESG, uh, a recent example uh, was a situation where what would have been a routine refinancing. So a, a, a group of lenders just rolling over their their lending um, became a very big issue when one of the bigger lenders uh, refused to to roll their financing because of their own ESG policy around uh, net zero. So they they just saying we are not going to lend. Um, so what would have, as I say, been a routine situation suddenly became a very very big uh, uh, problem. Um, so ignoring uh, these issues could be extremely uh, critical for, for, for a company. Thank you, Steve. And David, I guess very similar um, points from the priorities of investors, but it'd be interesting to get your perspective on how you think it's affecting them. Rowena, well, it was really interesting. Uh, the, the survey actually brought out that 77% of the corporates we spoke to were intending on some form of debt raise or debt restructuring uh, in the next 12 to 24 months. And actually 60% said that they would be engaging in an equity raise uh, over that period. So the views of lenders and investors is going to be really important you know, for the success of those activities. And what we are seeing is that whilst there is you know, a significant level of capital available to be deployed, but it is worth uh, remembering that often this capital is coming from pension funds and significant institutional investors based in the UK and the USA. Those funds and institutional investors are being increasingly directive you know, in terms of what they expect from the parties who are putting their capital to use. And it's interesting, you know, when we asked uh, lenders and investors why they would uh, lend or to organisations that had a clear ESG and D&I strategy, again, over 44% of them said that the reason that they would do it is because their investors or shareholders would require it. And we're also seeing that this is driving you know, corporate you know, activity you know, and behaviour. We've heard sort of Steve mention you know, the, the refinancing. We're also the, seeing you know, investors you're know, requiring corporates to divest you know, businesses that are no longer uh, environmentally you know, friendly and also driving the social you know, agenda by ensuring that there is greater uh, board representation from all uh, elements of society. So it's so helpful there to have a few of those um, stats and facts from the report um, to, to back up some of these behaviours. And there's so much to consider here, isn't there? And a point of focus on our podcast is turning these big ideas into really actionable steps for our listeners. So with that in mind, and Steve, maybe if I come to you first, what would you say are the main one or two key points that our listeners can really put into action around these topics? Thanks, Rowena. Maybe just a few. Um, I think, as always, uh, planning for the impact of uh, of these changes as we emerge from the pandemic into the new normal uh, is is absolutely key um but being specific thinking about your business model what's core what's non-core what are you going to do with the non-core part uh, are you going to sell it are you going to wind it down etc um you know in in late september uh 
we are reading daily about supply chain issues all over the uh, uh, the country and indeed uh, other parts of the world. So thinking hard about uh, your new supply chain and indeed how it is financed and you are financed uh, uh, is key. Um, it is unlikely that the bar on inclusion and the bar on ESG is going down anytime soon as more and more investors demand more and more around these arenas. So as that bar goes up, what are you going to do to keep up with it? Um, matching uh, any commitments you made with practical steps uh, is key. And in particular, um, how do you measure them? So one of the issues we're dealing with the client right now is actually how do you quantify the impact uh, of, uh, of carbon reduction techniques that you're um, putting in place? How, how do you actually turn that into something that you can quantify rather than just sort of think that you're achieving your goal? Um, and I think whilst we all know that um, boards are good at seeing the bigger picture, um, how are you going to drive that through the organisation so that every part of it understands uh, and acts on uh, on these agendas? Lots of great takeaways um, there, Steve. Thank you. And David, how about you? It's quite interesting that you know the survey you know, highlighted that you know DNI in particular is becoming you know, an increasingly important element of your know, investment and lending decisions uh, and almost half of the people we spoke to you felt that having you know, a clear DNI strategy in particular led to financial outperformance when compared with organizations that did not have such a clear strategy so it is important just from a financial perspective that organizations sort of focus on that but one of the other challenges that we are seeing and it's very much linked to something that Steve has just said is the issue around data data quality and as Steve alluded to particularly yeah, how carbon is being measured and clearly these will develop uh, over time but it is really important that the listeners you know, understand some of the limitations of the data that is available to measure some of the, the commitments in particular around net zero that have been given by corporates. These issues are not limited to mid-market or smaller companies. We actually saw in our analysis of the accounts of FTSE 350 companies here in the UK that actually only 4% of those accounts contain reference to their ESG commitments in the underlying assumptions in their financial statements. We've also seen that you know, some of the larger institutional servers, institutional investors rather, are really demanding greater transparency in terms of how ESG commitments are being measured. So as Steve has mentioned, Rowena, the issue around data quality and transparency is not going away. And it is really important that corporates recognize that uh, and grasp it. Brilliant. Thank you so much, David and Steve. Um, really good discussion. Lots of actionable takeaways for everyone. Um, and that's it for another episode of Business in Focus. So thank you to everyone for listening. Um, and if this conversation has got you thinking about how you can use restructuring as part of your recovery and growth plans, visit our website at pwc.co.uk forward slash act now business recovery, where you can find out more about the research we've discussed today, as well as wider practical insights. So don't forget to subscribe to keep up to date with future episodes. And please do join us again soon. Thanks, everyone.